0: old one came and said unto him, good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life keep the commandments He said unto him which Jesus said thou shalt not sh- thou shalt do no murder thou shalt not commit adultery thou shalt not have shall not steal thou shalt not bear false witness honor thy father and thy mother And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man said unto him, All things have I kept from my youth up, what lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor that thou shall have treasures in heaven and come and follow me but when the young man heard that saying he was sorrowful for he had great possessions Father in the name of Jesus tonight Lord help us to lay aside everything And follow you. Ha in the name of Jesus. Your will be done tonight. In Jesus' name. You can be seated. I received a phone call this afternoon. I had a, was scheduled to do a podcast for some people out of Arkansas, and one of the questions the young man asked me on the podcast, he said, "Brother Heard, we know that." You're an evangelist and 2020 started off kind of rough being the fact that you being full time, we know that it made an impact on your ministry and he said, we also know that many evangelists were impacted from your perspective of the hurt how did COVID shut your ministry now I might not have said it within the exact words he used or said it in the exact layout but he made the statement about COVID Shutting the ministry down. And I began to speak to the young man and I quickly said to him, I said, man, I said, I want you to know that we have not been given that right or privilege to shut down when the world shuts down. I said, this ministry never shut down. I said, you know, because people are still dying. Jesus has not came back. The light doesn't go off because the world gets dark. And I told him, I said, now I said, being the fact that I travel and I can't travel, I said we did podcasts. And we did um, Zoom calls, pre-recorded services. I said also did outdoor services, parking lot revivals. Did a little bit of everything. But I remember sitting in the house the first week and I'd been in the house, never sat in the house that long straight without going many places in a long time. We're never home. And I told my wife, I said, I'm, I'm sick of this. It felt too much like prison. So I'm sick of this. I said, I'm not getting ready to do it like this. So I went down into my basement and I went into the tool room, and I pulled out this horse trough that I had bought when we were pastoring. We used it for outreach ministry. and Due to the fact that I was wanting to plant another church, I had sound equipment downstairs in the basement. I pretty much got everything in the basement to start another church. I said, I'm not getting ready to sit out here and not do nothing. I'm an evangelist. So then, what happened was, I took the baptistry and I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm baptizing somebody today. <laughs> so I went and took the baptistry out of the out of the little tight spot that I had and took it on upstairs went into my garage, and it was cold outside. It was March in Indiana. And I took the baptistry, I took the horse trough and filled it up with water. And there was a young man that i have been talking to, been teaching Bible studies to, and I invited him over to the house. See, I knew that even though everybody was doing a lot of talking, talking about you need to be careful and everybody was so fearful and what have you. I am more concerned about a soul going to hell than I am concerned about me getting sick. I know that there are some people that sit back and they just say that you know they use words like "you're," "you're irresponsible," "you're," ne- "you're negligent," uh, "you're spiritually immature," "you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good." When really, I mean, there was no one that walked the earth that was more heavenly minded but Jesus. And he did the earth more good than anybody. They say you're irresponsible. You put your family at risk. Can I tell you the moment I answered the call of God, there was a risk involved. Because the scripture says if a person seeks to save his life, he should lose it. I mean, what kind of risk? do you get into when the scripture says you shall be hated of all men not some not a few not 50% not 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 just a republican not just a democrat but all men regardless of the race regardless of your creed regardless of what nationality you come from regardless of your economic status all men are going to eventually hate you Not because of the color of your skin, but because of his name's sake. Can I tell you, we're stepping into a season where there will be people that will be hated just simply for the name. There are those that are in this room right now. The young man asked me the question. He said, what is your outlook on this BLM movement? I said, I don't follow it. I said, I'm with the kingdom movement. I said, I don't agree. I said, now, listen. I said, now, I'm not for police brutality. And I told him, I said, you know, you know my situations that I've dealt with in the past dealing with corrupt police officers. I said, but the Lord has given me the ability to forgive them. And when I see an officer, I don't see any officer based upon what an officer has done in the past, neither do I want to see an officer see me based upon a criminal that he's arrested in the past. But then I said, nevertheless, I said, I want you to know I said that um, I I don't follow that movement. I said, because there's a spirit that is operating behind that movement and I said, and even though there's a spirit, even though they may be standing for a particular cause, I I, I can't stand with that spirit. And I, I think about the scripture where it says, How can two walk together lest they agree? I I don't agree with that spirit. And therefore, because I'm submitted to the spirit of God, when I recognize that your movement Is being led by a whole other spirit. I have the responsibility to stand down and go the opposite direction. So then we begin to talk some more. I begin to talk to them and they begin to ask even more questions. And he talked about the importance of making sure that you don't just you know, I, I I am a person that I, I don't just do things just because you expect me to. Um, I, I like it when people kind of communicate with you in a way that uh, they kind of give you the hint, hint, you know, person. I am a person just literally within my nature that when you try to give me hints, I might catch it, but I'm going to act like I don't catch it. parents would probably say that George just, when his old wind done, he's going to do what he want to do. I was the strong-willed child. But I remember bringing the young man over to the house, and I remember, you know, him pulling up to my house. And, you know, it was evident that he wasn't my cousin, you know, because he was not my complexion. And then I was thinking, I was like, if we don't get this thing going, I said, I got a basement big enough. I mess around and start a church during the pandemic. I'm not afraid of nobody. I'm not afraid of anyone but God. And neither should you. But I'm afraid that if we're not careful that our fear will begin to determine how we love each other and how we love people and how we love the people that are in the world. Because whenever the wrong one holds your fear button, they also hold the love button. People Love by the measure of fear that they have for God. If your fear of God is intact, then your love will be without limits. But if you put limitations on your fear, then your love will be limited. And the Bible declares that the, that, that, that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So we understand the importance of making sure that if we're going to be wise, wisdom is not found through your human intellect, but wisdom is found in the fear of God. But when we fear everything else other than God, or when we fear the voice of the majority, when we fear the culture, when we feel fear society, when we fear being looked down upon, when we fear being talked about, when we fear being ridiculed, when we fear what other men can do to us, then we limit what God can do through us. Why? Because everything that God's going to do through us is going to be by the love of God. So what happens is that I begin to talk and we to think about, you know, people saying, you know, as this young man's coming up to my house, and I opened up the garage, you know, and he's coming into my house, and um, people would have said, Brother Hurd, that's just so irresponsible. But can I ask you the question, who is your responsibility to? Is your responsibility the flesh or is your responsibility the spirit? For the Bible declares, if any man, it says, except the man is born of the water and of the spirit, shall not see the kingdom of God. And then it says, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. See, the thing is, once I have been born again, my identity is no longer flesh first. But it's spirit. See, the thing is, once I'm born again, I'm no longer You know, people say, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Caucasian Christian. I'm a, I'm a black Pentecostal. Or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Chinese apostolic. See, the thing is, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So therefore, if you're going to be in Christ, you cannot identify yourself by the old creature. You must be identified by the new creature first. Because if the first are going to be last and the last is going to be first, sooner or later, you've got to drop off that identity that you used to go by and identify yourself with the kingdom of God first. But see, the challenge comes with this is that you're going to have those that are in the kingdom of God that will identify themselves by the flesh first and the kingdom second. But then there are going to be those that will identify themselves by the kingdom first and the flesh second. But kingdom people should not lay aside the things of the spirit to be in unison with the people that are in the flesh. But the people that are in the flesh must lay aside the things of the flesh so that they can be in unison with the spirit. Why? Because God never intended for the flesh to lead the spirit. He always intended for the spirit to lead the flesh. So young man came in and lifted up his hands and began to worship God. Laid hands on him and all of a sudden, boom, the Holy Ghost falls on him. I'm like, hey. And next thing you know, Holy Ghost falls on this man. And I'm like, man, we're, 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 we're having revival. Now, somebody else might have looked at it and said, now what you're doing is spiritually immature. What you're doing is you, 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 you got a problem. You're responsible. What the world may call a problem, God may call Revival. And, and and see, somewhere along the line, you've got to learn. You have to determine where you're going to draw the line. Because listen, the thing is, is that if you let the world draw the line, it may start off right here. But then next thing you know, next year, they'll be drawing the line again. And the, the line that is being drawn is no longer you being advanced forward. But next thing you know, they keep advancing you backwards. You might have started off up here, but by the time you get five, ten years down the road, you're now pushed in a corner. Now you're you're trapped. Now you're limited. Why? Because you let the world draw the line instead of letting the scriptures draw the line. Church, can I tell you tonight that God is looking for some people that will let God be true and every man be a liar. See, when you let God be true, then truth draws a line for you. So the challenge is this, is that there are many people that are in this room that desire to do something for God. But, but you have a challenge because you don't want to be different for God. It, it wants to be just enough to kind of blend in with the rest of Christianity. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday, and I said, "You know, there are people that that have adopted a model when it even comes down to church growth, and what it does is it's only good enough to bring in people that are that are lukewarm, people that that don't really want to change." What do you mean? It, we've 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 come up with models that we've learned how to bring in people that feel non-denominational churches. And basically, we have found a way to bring these people in, baptize them in the name of Jesus, get them filled with the Holy Ghost, but let them still keep that mentality and keep that spirit that they walk in. Can I tell somebody tonight that God is looking for some people that are going to be truly apostolic? God's looking for some people that will not blend in with this world, but people that will separate themselves and that not afraid to stand out from this world. I'm not different. I'm, I mean, hold on, I'm not different. I'm very different. I'm not the same. What we're trying to build is not the same as what this world's trying to build. I don't need your business model. I got an apostolic one. You know, there are some people that sit back and they're like, you know, who's your favorite author? The Holy Ghost. (laughs) You you know how equipped the leader is based upon the books he reads. I know some folks that got every book in their library, and they never read the, it's like you got all these books, but you never read the Bible. Much learning has made you mad. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? Can I tell somebody tonight that God's looking for some people that will return back to the old landmark? See, the thing is, Jesus is talking to this young rich ruler. And he's not talking to an old man. He ain't talking to somebody that's, you know, some of your ages. Hallelujah. (laughs) He's talking to a guy that's got the whole world in front of him. He's talking to a guy that, that that that, I mean, like, he is set up real decent for the rest of his life. And Jesus, the man comes to him and he says, behold, one well, came unto him. And he didn't just call him master. He said, good master. See, the thing was, this man wasn't ignorant. He knew how to talk. He knew how to talk, and I don't know if he was intending to flatter, but Jesus actually rebuked him for calling him good. Now, you say, well, he's a good God. the flesh that Jesus lived in was not good. I don't don't care how good Jesus is. That flesh wasn't good. I know some folks be like, well, man, you know, I don't know about that, brother Hurd. It wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> that flesh, that that flesh has no good thing in it. Now, God was good. Spirit was good, but but He wasn't calling. No, He wasn't calling the spirit good. He's calling that flesh good. He was looking at him for what he could see, and he calls him good master, and the Lord rebukes him. Maybe this man was using flattery. I don't know. Or maybe he was just trying to be very genuine. But the Bible says that all of a sudden Jesus looks at him after the man says, what good thing, he calls him good master, and then says, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? See, this man is not trying to just receive it. He's trying to buy it. He wants to earn this thing. He wants to do something to get it. You know, there's some folk, you know, that, 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 you know. Listen, when your children go and get a job at McDonald's, I don't know if y'all do this out here in Maryland, but when they go get a job at McDonald's, don't be pulling up in the drive-thru. Talking about give me a hookup. (laughs) Hook a brother up. Hook a sister up. (laughs) I remember when I was working at CVS when I was in high school, loss prevention started spying on me. They put a hidden camera up because I was hooking my family up. My mother was coming in there, buying up the whole store, and I was ringing it up $10. Then, when I went to prison, she said, We raised you better than this. I'm like, What? You need to put some money on my books. He said, what good things shall I do? He wasn't looking for a hookup. He was trying to figure out what was needed, what, what was required for him to get this eternal life. See, he knew that his life was limited. See, the thing is, wealthy people don't get wealthy because they're just thinking about the now. Wealthy folks know how, I, I got a good friend of mine, he's, he's a multimillionaire, and one day I watched him, I sit in this house, uh, on, on this property, and I watched him get into an argument with Dish Network. Over $30. He argued with them for almost an hour. I'm like, dude, you you just, you got, you probably got, Three million dollars worth of vehicles in your garage right now, at least, and you're arguing with this network over thirty dollars. Well the thing is he understands value, and that if he will let them get away with the thirty dollars, then he might let them get away with three hundred thousand dollars. He's never really thinking. He told me, he said George he said I'm not spending money that I'm He said the money that I'm spending today, he said is not money I made. He said I'm just now spending money that I made 10 years ago. He's always looking in the future. So the rich young ruler was a man that was very wealthy. And he understood value. When he came across something that was valued, he was always trying to figure out what he could do to get it. Now, many of us sit back and we talk about the rich young ruler and how he got rebuked and how he did not, how 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 he struggled with laying aside some things. But but there's one good thing about this rich young ruler that that, that I think that many of us should get a hold of that many of us lack is that he valued it so much. That he inquired on how to give it on how to get it, some of us know that eternal life is out there, but we can care less on how to get it. Why because we 're living so much for the right now that we miss that tomorrow 's coming, or we miss that one of these days your now is going to come to an end can, can I tell somebody in this house? this evening, that God is looking for some people that are not just concerned about right now, but they're concerned about eternity. See, the thing is, if you will be concerned about eternity, if it's like this. God's like, if you will give me your now, I will give you eternity. If If you will give me All of your now. See, some of us, we want to give them a portion. We give them a ration. We want to give them a tithe of our now. I give you 10% of my life. How about he give you 10% of eternity? See, the thing is, to get this eternal life, it's going to cost you everything. Well, you said, well, Jesus paid it all. <laughs> he paid for you to get in the door. <laughs> but it's your job to stay in the door. And the only way you can stay in the door is to give yourself completely. Right, right. See, the thing is, is this. The young man said, Brother Hurt, he said, and Did it shut it down? How did it shut it down? I told him, I said, brother, I say, there's not a sickness. There's not a war. There's not a disease. There's not a nation. There's not a military force. There's not a power great enough in this earth, in this time period, throughout time and the times coming. The only thing that can shut this down is the rapture. There's nothing in this world, there's not a weapon, there's not a disease, there's not an angel, there's not a devil that can shut down the church of God. See, some of us in this room, we done got spoiled. I wish we would go back to the day where folks didn't, you know, nowadays, folks get online now. Such-and-such Baptist church, service cancellation. Presbyterian, such-and-such service cancellation. Why? We're going to be having three inches of snow this coming Sunday. And now you're looking for the phone call to come in. You know uh pastor you know you sending in boxes you're trying to call people on the staff have you heard yet but why is it that folks always look for service cancellations but get mad when Walmart cancels You you get mad when 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 pizza Hut cancels. You you upset because the same folks that won't come to church will go to the bank. Same folks that won't go to church go to Walmart. Same folks that won't go to church go everywhere. You go to work. Why? Because we value. Temporary things. I mean, listen, we're, we're, we're gonna be, we're gonna be real. You know, you value being able to go to the refrigerator and pull out that slab of ribs and put them on the green egg. <laughs> Everybody in this church got green eggs. My God. I'm gonna get me one when I get back to Indianapolis. I promise you. Somehow or another, somehow, some way. <laughs> I gotta get this green egg somehow. <laughs> but you 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 like see the thing is you you like that air conditioning in your house. I know it don't get too hot out here in Maryland. I know you're in Maryland, but you like you like that cozy heat in the wintertime. You you love it when you crank that heat on and and the furnace. Goes vroom, vroom. So you 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 love you love that house you got. You you love that ain't you ain't got roaches just walking around your, your house, and I hope not. see you love that little mutt you got he won't fetch a bone he won't he won't catch a frisbee Burglars been burglarizing your house for years, <laughs> and that dog just <laughs> You love it. And see, the thing is, what helps us to keep our mind off of eternity are the things that we can get now. See, the thing is, it's amazing that people want to see Jesus when things get bad. You know, just a few weeks ago, when you got everything new, it was like man, I just, Lord, just please, Lord, you know, just add to me twenty more years. I'm loving this. I'm living my best life. Then let a storm come. I, I, I just told the Lord, Lord, if you just want to come for me, you can come for me now, Jesus. Why is it that the only time you want Jesus is when nobody wants you? I, get, I know what it is. He's your God that you got in the cut somewhere. He's my backup God. You know, I got him in the cut just in case Timmy don't come through and just in case Junebug don't come through, just in case hey, this person don't come through. I I I, I got Jesus. See, the thing is, Jesus, Jesus is not flattered by your phone call. He's not flattered by your surface praise and worship. See, the thing is, that might work on your neighbor. But God judges the heart. See, the thing is, he knows if you really, really want him. And he knows if you just really, really want what he got. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? It's like, do you want heaven more than you want him? You know, some people just don't want, they want Jesus only because they don't want to go to hell. It's no different than the woman that says, I've been living in the ghetto all my life. You be like, dude, come up, you know. You are like, hey, shorty, you got some. Can not get your number? Hey, he ain't got no teeth in his mouth. <laughs> oh, he got some. They just. They, they they social distancing. <laughs> they gonna come back together one day. We just waiting for the governor to move the mandate. Like Girl, I don't know why he be coming to me. He talking to me like that, you know, girl. I ain't fooling with him. And be like, girl, you know, you know you don't know who that is? Girl, you crazy? That's 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 yeah, that's he the one that got that house on the hill. he owned all that, girl. All that mm-hmm girl I, I think I could you know he own all that look yeah girl look at where you live at living in this apartment girl you can have all that I, I you know girl we, I think you are right I can I can do something with his mouth you know I I can we we go I know a good dentist we we can work on that your breath don't smell too great, but we can we fix that. I, I, you know, I, I brush his teeth every day. I, I'll, I'll brush it. Why? Because the thing is, she doesn't want to go back to where she came from. She sees an advantage, and she sees her disadvantage. She's not marrying him and, you know, you do just walk around like you got this movie star next to you. You just like. <laughs> she love me. <laughs> she love what you got. She's just waiting for you to die so she can collect not just your estate, but your insurance policy. See, some of us, only want Jesus because of what his death brings we like the policy we like the policy we like the policy, not the policy holder we we, we don't we don't we don't like the one that shed the blood we 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 love what we're gonna get girl, you know <laughs> when we leave here. We got streets, paved. We got streets with gold, girl. He got his, king just got his own, like, he ain't got anchors. He got his own new world. He got a whole new city, new Jerusalem. I'm going there. Stay here if you want. And, and, and the thing is, your whole heart is just centered off of what he has. And not who he is. And the reason why you're struggling with wanting to love people and reach people is because you're in love with the idea of heaven. You're not in love with the one that made it. See, uh, the, the thing is when, see, when you truly love, love will make you do something. You know, today we folks, you know, people get married, but like, man, 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 how's your wife? Do? You know, man, yeah, it, man, you know, man, when she don't her way, man, I went my way. What, what, what happened? Man, she do on you? No, man. You know, man, I, man, I ain't got time for all that, man. She be tripping. You know, today people get married, and 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 they they get married. They get married with backpacks. Not just any backpacks. These folks get married like airborne rangers. What are you saying, Brother Heard They get married with parachutes on. So the first time something go off, jump off, they 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 jumping out the mirror. Well, we get rid of them. See ya. it's like the 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 preacher needs to just go ahead you know do you promise to keep her you know uh is on you know let me put this little disclosure you know can can you make it somewhere where we can amend it later on we're only committed when things Make us feel good. Our commitment is based upon the moment. I thought you loved me. I did. Babe, I thought you loved me. I did. That was then. This is now. I want out. See, you got to understand that when it comes down to a relationship with God, your love for him will be tried. And see, the thing is, he's not walking around with a parachute on ready to jump out the marriage. He's committed to you, all right? And he's not looking for you to jump out when things get rough, but you have a responsibility that when stuff starts getting cold, you have a responsibility to say, you know what? I'm not loving the way that I used to love. I'm not, I, I, I'm not full of joy like I used to be full of joy. I'm not doing what I used to do. And you have a responsibility to rekindle that fire in that relationship that you once had. You have a responsibility to do that again. See, the thing is, the Bible declares this. It says, because iniquity shall wax cold. It said, the love of many shall wax cold. Because iniquity shall abound. Now, Pastor uh, quoted the scripture earlier. He said, where sin abound, grace does much more abound. But the Bible says, in the end time, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Now listen, there's two things that are abounding. We find iniquity abounding with some and you find a grace abounding with others. He's not talking about the people that are in the world. He's talking about the people that are in the church. How does iniquity abound? Because the love of many waxed, cold. We and Brother Hurd, won't you lift your hands right now towards heaven and say, Lord. Restore my love. Restore my love. I want the love of God to abound in my life. book of the book of revelations it says i know thy works i know thy labor i know your patience i know you can't even stand them that are evil and how you have tried them which say they are apostles and are not and you found them to be liars and has borne and has patience and has for my name's sake labored and haven't fainted. You know, the Bible says, be not weary in well-doing, you shall reap if you faint not. These people had not fainted. The Bible says, them that endure to the end shall be saved. These people haven't quit. They have continued. They have longevity behind them. Jesus comes to them and he says, I know. These folks ain't lazy. These people are workers. And he not only he and, and I mean when I say workers, these people have got work behind them. They've they've produced he said, I know your works. You don't have bad works. They got some good stuff. They're not like the church where it's like, you know, you have a testimony that you're alive, but you're really dead. See, sometimes we, how many of you know some churches like that? They got the testimony that you're alive, but you're really dead. We know some people like that. They're living off the testimony of yesterday. But it is very easy to kind of look at them and just feel like, you know, well, I know some people, they really think they got it and then they don't, and it's really easy to assume that because you're continuing that everything's good. See, the thing is, this is not stuff that they just said about themselves. This is things that God said about them. You know, God knows. You ever been before God, and, and you, you're like the Lord. You know, you can you could tell. You're like Lord. You know, I, I, I meant good, and you could just be in His presence, and 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 His presence will let you know that no, nah, buddy, no, nah, you didn't. I did everything right in this situation, and God's just like. It was a confirmation that, yeah, you guys are doing something. You guys, I know your works. I know your labor. And you're patient. These people are so patient. You know, we got scriptures that deal with that. And your patience possesseth your soul. Patience works whole. I mean, he's like, I know. Your patience is one thing when other people say they know it. It's a whole nother thing when God says I know it. You know, you ever went to a funeral, Woman and son and killed everybody in the neighborhood? Just, just a, I mean, and, 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 and he, he gave, when he, when he was taking his last breath, he was giving heaven the middle finger. But then when the funeral arrived, mama gets on the casket starts telling, the Lord, he is a good child. He's an angel, Lord, if there's anything you can do. And the Lord looking like, really? Like, you ever, you ever, like, been praying and trying to convince God of something that you know good and well God's like, Come on now. I'm going to let you keep on talking. But you're not going to change my mind. You're lying. You need to change. You know one thing about my wife is that God, I thank God for it because I'm a person that that I can get excited and I can probably jump into something. So like sometimes she can be my buffer. Sometimes she could be the person that's there that that that, that she's she's protected us. You know a time or two, I would have been like, so sometimes I find myself like I'll be talking to her i'm trying to s I'm trying to sell her on something, like you know this this would be good, this would be a good investment. it should be like- mm This isn't something that these people are trying to sell God on. This is something that he's fully aware of. He's vouching for you. He said, I also know that you can't bear them that are evil. What do you mean? These folks, do not they don't take too well the to hypocrites. They don't take too care of to the evil. These people are holiness people. As a matter of fact, he said, And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not. And you found them to be liars. These folks ain't just sitting back here talking about, well, you know, he's a person coming in. You know, my my name is Apostle Jenkins. And they they ain't going to be like, okay. No. They're going to sit back and you know what they're going to do? They're going to look at you like, all right, look, you say you're an apostle. We're going to try this out. And they they, they, they they started, you know, the Bible says that you tried them with say they're apostles and you found them to be liars. They, they 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 start finding stuff. We're gonna find out whether or not what you say you are is true or false. What do you mean? They they had people in the church that was set up that 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 that, that had like 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 my brother right there. brother Isaac like the way he was looking he was like <laughs> let's me know he can see so so like the thing is like they they had people in the church like in Isaac be like you know brother Isaac Man, what you think about you know, dude? Man, uh, you know, man, that just something just don't sit right with me concerning this dude that say he's Apostle Jenkins. Then you turn around and then like, Pastor Wright, you know, man, you know, I, I, I you know, I just. I don't know what it is, but 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 you know something's just not quite right. I mean, like like these people ain't sitting up there putting stuff in the atmosphere and missing. This ain't the Okey Doke Church <laughs> where the pastor is Barlow and Bailey now. Whatever it is, Barley Bailey, whatever the circus dudes are. They had people that, you know, when a prophecy or when 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 bishop when when Apostle Jenkins would do something. They had people set up in the church that, that were gifted. They had prayer lives that, that, that maybe the other person had to get the prophecy, but, but they had several people that had the discerning of spirit. Well, nobody just gonna come in there and just be like, you know. Thus saith the Lord. fa la 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 No, it was nothing like that. These people had some depth. We mean the church of Ephesus had people that could read your mail. Not just one or two, quite a few. And the Lord knew it. And he could vouch for it because even people that showed up and said they were apostles, they found them to be liars. What do you mean? Liars couldn't stay hidden in that church for too long without being sniffed out. However, he said, nevertheless, I have somewhat Somewhat. You know, I like how he kind of broke it down, you know. I got, I got. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. What is it? You've left your first love. Now, when he tells him that, it's like, how can you do all of this and not really love them? If you telling me that we left your first love, we left our first love, how were we able to continue to work, be patient, hate evil, and not love God? How is it possible to hate that which is evil and leave your first love all at the same time? Sometimes it is possible to become so focused on the work that you miss the love for the one that called you to work. I'm not telling you that this is not something that, that that can't happen. I'm saying that if you're if you've got this fleshly tabernacle, there's a time period where you've got to learn how you you got to be honest with yourself. You can't be the person that sits back and says, "Well, everything's good with me every single time preaching comes." It can never, you can't be the person that's always like, well, that word must be for, you know, I know about five, ten people that should have been here tonight to hear this word. Have you ever thought that God, if if, if, if it would have been for the five to ten people that needed this word, they would have been here? People that need to hear these words are the ones that are here. So what are you saying, Brother Hurt? He says, you've left your first love. It's like the woman that and the man that, you know, because you know one thing that will bring out the strength of a marriage or the demise of a marriage will be tribulation. It will either advance you or bring you forward. There are people today in this room some of Some of these folks in this room that are that are old i mean they're you know you old come on now, my God I could have called you ancient i didn't call you ancient i'm calling you you're old the bible the bible I, there's somewhere in the Bible that says something about old all right I'm in the book. You know and 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 you see that couple just sitting back- holding hands. They do everything together, they just love everybody and they just they 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 just make great grandparents they just they just love everybody, just love everything, love everybody but listen, they didn't get that way. Because just their life was just been like, honey, we're just gonna jump through the rose petals a day. No, they, they they didn't get that by jumping through rose petal, rose gardens. They got that way by jumping through garbage cans and jumping through dog dung. They 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 got that way going through pain, going through adversity, and then it was like. We're still, man. Like I, I, th- I, I'm shocked that you stuck with me. Cause when you got, when we got married, you had an attitude. You already let me know, like what you wasn't putting up with. And we done went through all this, and you still here. And you look at it, and she look at you, and it's like you know, because I love you. But then, you got the person that you ever met. Somebody that's they've been married twenty, twenty, twenty-five years, and then as soon as the last child graduates, you know, it's like dun 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 dun. Then dun. they throw the they throw the, the you know what I'm talking about the hats, the cap, the cap, the hat cap in the hat. <laughs> they throw it up in the air. As soon as they throw it up in the air, <laughs> before the thing can hit the ground, the wife throws the divorce papers up in the air. Like, I'm done. Somebody would be like, whoa, what, 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 How they get a divorce after? They were such a perfect couple. They had such a perfect family. That's why you got to be careful about measuring your family with somebody else's. They had the nice big house and you were like, we're staying in this little one-bedroom apartment. We're struggling and they just got all this and that. And they just, you know, husband's going to work faithfully. Faithful. He ain't spending his money on crazy stuff. He's putting it into the home. Why? Because he loves the fact that he has a home. Wife comes in and kids come in from school. She's doing everything she can for those children. You know why? Because she loves the fact that she has children husband comes in and the wife says, honey, I need such and such, such and such, such and such. And he gives her everything she wants. You know why? Because he loves that he has the ability to give her whatever she wants. He's like, honey, I want you to make me some some yams and some greens and collard greens, not the mustard greens, but the collard greens. The mac and cheese, not the stove stuff, the baked stuff, with no powdered cheese, but the real cheese, the cheese you cut, the cut block cheese. Glaze the ham and throw some turkey in there and uh, fry some chicken and And if you could throw in a pound cake and some carrot cake and some German chocolate cake and a cheesecake with the strawberry. you Get the cherries. The syrup cherries, not those real cherries because I want to feel the flavor. And that would just be wonderful, honey. And she says, all right. Well, before you get home, stop by the store and get such and such. I, I got you. You go home and she's she's cooking it all up and all that stuff. And you she brings you your plate. And it's like one big happy family. You're getting everything you want. But then when the cap goes up, Her time is up. Why? It's like, what happened? She loved the idea of being married, but she fell out of love with you 15 years ago. He loved the idea of being married, but he fell out of love with you 15 years ago. And instead of taking the responsibility to rekindle the love, they just fell in love with the idea of marriage. While falling, fell in love with the idea of marriage, while falling out of love with the one they're married to. The church of Ephesus had a problem. Somewhat similar to a problem that we see in churches today and in marriages today, that people lose their, they leave their first love, but they continue to work. They stay obligated. You know, there there's some folk, I know some people that are divorced and the husband's always at the house. The the, the woman, the woman always, like, cooking for them. When they get sick or when she gets sick, they taking care of each other. They always hanging out. But the thing is, it's not that they feel like they can't live without them, but it's like they feel like they can't live without doing something. Listen, church, the church of Ephesus, he says, he tells them, he says, I want you to remember from whence you have fallen. See, the thing is, you can fall out of love and forget. And God sends a reminder to tell them to remember from whence you have fallen. What do you mean? You can fall out of love and forget about it. And the only way you can remember is if God reveals it and tells you. Repent. He says, repent and do your first works over again. See, the thing was, when you were really on fire for God, when you were really in love with God, you said, Lord, wherever you lead me, I'll follow. Nobody had to ask you to do anything. You were looking to do something. Remember there was a time period where you would load up your schedule? Your schedule would be loaded with all kinds of stuff, but you wanted to really do something for God. Not just you wanted to just do, you were so in love with God that you really wanted to do something for him that you ended up doing things like telling people, I want to volunteer for this. I want to volunteer for that. You were talking to everybody about Jesus. But somewhere along the line, listen, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to wake you up. He tells him, repent and do your first works over again. Listen, he's not telling you to do something you've never done before. See, sometimes we want to restore a relationship with God, so we start thinking we've got to do something we've never done before. The way to restoration is doing your first works over again. He says, and when you do this, he said, oh, so I will come quickly unto thee. He said, I will come unto thee quickly and will remove your candlestick out of the place, except you repent This young man had the world in front of him. The church, sometimes in order for you to really walk with God, you've got to be willing to give away everything that you've built in exchange for what God wants to build. here we get out of here? He says, "Why call thee? Call be good. There is none good but one that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep my commandments." He said unto them which. Jesus said, Thou shalt no murder, shall, shall shall do no murder, shall not commit adultery, shall not steal, shall not bear false witness, honor your mother and father, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, I do all that. Meaning, the Lord oftentimes we, we will miss this thing. Why? Because the, the thing is, he... he did things that were right and that were biblical. He kept himself from things. But just you keeping yourself from things don't is not what makes you perfect. See, the thing is, if you want to just be, you know, just good <laughs> or if you want to just be, you know, just nice or great, then yeah, Don't go back to the bar. Don't commit adultery. Don't go to the club. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honor your mother and father. Yes, do that. And the man thought that, you know, he was good because that's what he he did. But the Bible says, and the young man said unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth. What do I lack? What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect. Church, do you want to just be acceptable or do you want to be perfect? Because, see, the road to perfection is paved with suffering, it's paved with correction. It's paved with the giving of yourself. You know, oftentimes we're like, what are your dreams? What are your passions? What do you want to do in life? When I was a child, they said, you can be whatever you want to be. But what about being what Jesus has called you to be? Church, tonight, he says, if you want to be perfect, he says, go and sell everything that you have and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven. Church, is your life centered around earthly treasures? Or are you making room for heavenly treasures? Because see, now you start dealing with character. Now you start dealing with where your affections are. Where your heart is. He says, you do this, he says, you should have treasures in heaven. And he said, after you do that then come follow me. That's rough. Especially when this man wasn't coming with the mindset of thinking that he was going to have to give everything that he has to obtain something he's never seen. Bible says, when the young man heard these sayings, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. I have a question. What are you going to leave behind? What are you going to try to take with you? God's looking for people tonight that understands that if you're going to follow me, you've got to give up not just some things. You need to be willing to give up everything. I'm reminded in the book of Acts, when the people of God, right before revival really broke out again, the Bible says they had all things common. You know, there's a lot of talk about being apostolic, but we don't talk about being apostolic in common. It's a whole nother day. The church, he said, by this men shall know that you are my disciples. You should have love one to another. Are you doing enough that's just good enough with you being identified as just being legalistic? And what I mean, what he identified was things that was just under the law. But well, then he began to speak about something else that can only be done by the grace of God. And that sell everything that you've got. What are you willing to lay aside so that you can get these treasures? If you will give God your time now, God will give you eternity later. But it's going to cost you everything. That means that whatever you use. As a way of you having your status. You know, sometimes we identify ourselves by our wealth, we identify ourselves by what we have. We desire to be respected because of what we've got. God says, sell it, get rid of it and after you do that i'm going to store up some treasures for you in heaven and after you do that i want you to come follow me tonight what is god telling you to get rid of i know this young man could have talked about lord i, I you know i ain't got to do all that i, I still want some treasures I, I can I can follow you. It's it's not no. What is it that that that? What is it that you know? There are some people that say, "Well, I'm going to give God my all." God's telling you, God's telling you to retire, and you won't retire because you, you you're trying to set yourself up. I'm not talking about the person. Uh, 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 that, that God ain't telling you to do I'm talking about the person that God God's telling you to told you to do it seven years ago and each year you'd be like well I'm, I'm going to do it in so many years and then when that year comes around you don't get what you want so then you turn around and you push it back another couple years or another year and all you're doing is you're shaving off treasures in heaven to have treasures right now. Listen, do not allow this world to intimidate you and say that the sacrifice, somebody would have came to that young ruler and said, you're irresponsible. Somebody would have came to that young ruler and would have said, man, you're crazy. Somebody would have came to that young ruler and said, you're an occult. You know, there are some times I've in the past where I've done things and I I I I resent them. If I go back and do some things over again, I'd do a whole lot of things different. But I didn't want to be called certain things. There were times I didn't talk about certain things because I didn't want I didn't want people to say I was controlling. I didn't want people to say that I was a cult leader. I didn't want people to say I was in a cult. So I shave off a little bit to do just enough not to, you know, rock the boat too much. To keep the attention off of myself. But church, can I tell you, the world's going to hate you, it's going to hate you for a reason. There must be a drastic difference between us and the world. Not just in the way that we look, but in the way that we live in the way that we give, in the way that we treat each other, in our devotion, our commitment, and the extent of what we're willing to do to be like him. And the scripture says if we deny him before man, he will deny us before his heavenly father. Church, I haven't done it all perfect. I haven't done it all, all right. But my desire is to hear him say, well done. My confidence is in the blood. My hope is in his resurrection. My trust is in his word. That's what I am believing him for. And church, can I tell you that you might not be able to give what you want to give to yourself or to your family. there's some things on the other side. Early in the summer, me and my son, we were on our boat while we were fishing. We were going to our little fishing spot. We looked to the side and he saw these mansions. I took him to a spot and he saw these mansions. Then I went and brought my wife and we looked to the side and saw those mansions and I started looking at them. And when I see her look at something for too long, it makes me want to give them, go get it for her. But then I was like, man, I wish I could get her one of these. And I was like, man, it'd be nice to look at it. And right before that thing could really sit in my heart, the Lord says, I've got many of these in my father's house. I've got many of these. As a matter of fact, not just many of these, they're better. Those are built to die But what I've built. It's built to last. I don't know what you've got to give up. I don't know what, it, I, I, I'm telling you, I feel this very strong. There's some of you that you have taken a, a hiatus so that you can have what you want. I'm not going to tell you that God didn't allow you to do it, but but, but now it is time to give God what he wants. There are people that are dying daily. There are people that are dying in your city. I remember my wife telling me when we were dating, she said, made the statement, she said, only what you do for Christ Alas, She'll lift your hands towards heaven. You, the treasures of these souls are far more valuable than the treasures that you have to give up. I feel led to speak this in Maryland. This is just in one year, in 2017. 11,000 people died of 11,653 people died of heart disease. Maryland, 10,796 people died of cancer. 2,820 people died of strokes. 2,408 died in car accidents, chronic lower respiratory disease. 2,079. 1,439 people died of diabetes. 1,191 died of Alzheimer's. Fluid pneumonia, 990 died. Kidney disease, 830. Septic, septic something, 882. Firearms death, 742. Homicide. 587 drug overdose, 2,247 people. Can you put a price tag on that? Think about all the years you work in overtime. Think about all those years that you work trying to build to pay off what you're going to eventually lose. I want to block the next funeral. I want to I get to the next person before death gets to them. We've got to be a people that, somewhere along the line that we say, Lord, I'm willing to sacrifice all. I'm willing to give all. I'm willing to go. Is there somebody in this room tonight? That says, Lord, wherever you lead me, I'll follow you. regret any sacrifice. I don't regret any time I put myself in danger. And there have been times where I've put myself in danger. I don't regret any time I've ever traveled somewhere preaching in areas that were dangerous at the expense of of almost being killed I, I don't regret I don't resent not one moment not one time I do it all over again and if I took my last breath because I gave if I took my last breath because I went beyond the fear and I did the voice of, did what God told me to do if I take my last breath I would do it all over again I would just be grateful that God gave me the grace to do it Gave me the courage to stand up and to declare. If I preach and nobody gets it. And they all rally around me and kill me. I'm just grateful that God gave me the grace to have the courage to stand up and to declare a message. Brother Spriggs, when when Stephen was stoned. Sometimes I wonder if how Stephen took that. If Stephen never would have been killed, would Paul would have been brought forth. Maybe while Paul was on his way to Damascus, maybe what was going on in his mind was trying to figure out what did Stephen see? What did he see? Why did he respond this way? Why was he so passionate? Is there somebody in this room tonight? I don't know what you've put before God. I don't know what your treasures are. But what are you willing to give so that others can live? That's just what it boils down to. I was talking to Brother Yu the other day and he was talking to me about a gentleman. He was like, yeah, man. He was like, man, I've I've done some Bible studies. He started, he's just talking. And he told me about somebody he was doing Bible studies with and he had told me about the time and I was like, wow. If you are a recipient of any ministry in this church, Are you distributing what you have received? Are you giving the time? The gentleman asked me on the podcast today. He said, Brother Hurt, uh, uh, what what, what do you think is needed in this hour? I said, said, the saints don't know how to give themselves. We'll give our money, but we won't give ourselves. We don't value people enough to develop a relationship with people. See, the thing is, when we came out of the world, we left our friends. We left people behind. We left the world behind and established new relationships. to a place where we only know how to have relationships with saints. We don't know how to have relationships with people that are coming out of the world. And you see that person that comes in to the church. And they're nervous because they're like, does anybody see me? The pastors told me to come out from among the world, and I, I've come out from among the world, but the church won't embrace me. I, I'm talking about some people in this room that I know, you, I know you, 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 your schedule's tight, and I know that you, you got your own life. But isn't their soul important? I remember being in the office right before I went on the run. The preacher was in the office trying to get me to turn myself in. I had already broke out of rape release and I was on the run. And the assistant pastor of the church was in the office. He's trying to get me to talk, turn myself in, and I would just refused. I was fighting against it, but I felt like if he just would have kept going, I knew he would talk me into going. The pastor walked in the door, and they were having an appreciation service for the assistant pastor, and the pastor walked in the door. And the pastor looks at him, and he's like, we need you to come out. We've already sent the ushers in. We need you to come out. He said, Pastor, I'm trying to minister to this young man. I just got saved. I, well, yeah, I just got saved. But I was, like I said, it was shaky. He said, I'm trying to minister to this young man. He's like, the pastor just didn't, you know, I don't know, felt like he just didn't like me. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that I just was unchurched. I just... I mean, it was hard for me to give with the program. The church was not used to coming in contact with people like me and them sticking around longer than what I did. They were used to people like me maybe falling off after a couple of weeks. But I was a head case, basket case. I don't know what they probably called me. I just know what I've heard other saints call people that were once like me. And he looks at him and he looks at me and he said, Quit wasting your time. He said, Brother Hurt will never be saved. He is stubborn. I looked at him. I looked at the assistant pastor and I said, See, that's why I can't stand this church. I ain't never coming back to this church a day in my life. That's why I don't know. I had a mouth i said everything because it's like, this is why nobody like this church. Nobody want to go to this church. Ain't nobody going to come to this church. And I'm leaving this church. I can't stand this church. I'm out of this church. And I ain't never coming back here again. And I stormed out of the doors. I believe that that pastor would have sat there and maybe talked to me about another 10 minutes. I was already in my mind starting to think, all right, I'm here to go to the police station. But because I didn't, and that altercation came, it was those 45 days, I got into so much trouble that what turned something into just getting out in eight months now has me facing 106 years. I'm not putting the emphasis upon the preacher. We, 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 we kiss, make up, and all that good stuff. But the assistant pastor, he treated me like I mattered. I remember him lifting up his voice when the pastor made that statement. And he said, Pastor, this young man has a soul. He said, he is a soul. He said, I don't want the appreciation service. He valued my soul more than he valued the appreciation of the people. That night, that day it created conflict. Because the soul was a stain more than the protocol. Church. I wouldn't be here today if somebody didn't value me. And when I walked away, they came and they found me. How easy is it to walk away from God in your church? How easy is it to backslide in the stay out. I'm not going to say it was a whole team of people that called. It wasn't someone calling from the lost sheep committee of the church. It was relationships that came and found me. And Can I tell you the night that God says, I want you to make room for people and just because they're failing now Just because they're felling now, just because they might not look like they're all together, listen. It took time to bring me to where I'm at, and I'm still not finished. I wish I could tell you I came out the womb talking in tongues. It didn't. It wasn't like that. I already told y'all that one story about me picking up bishops in a stolen car. I told y'all story, right? Oh. Yeah, I had a general conference for 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 another organization when I first got the Holy Ghost. They needed somebody to pick up people from the conference, and I was on my bad luck. I was on my luck, and I needed to get a vehicle. I was tired of riding the bus. so I went and stole a car, and while I stole this car, I prayed. And I said, "Lord, I need you to block the police from, you know, get me caught." I had already stole this car once. I had keys made so that I didn't have to, you know, do nothing crazy. All I had to do was just go hop into the car. It was like, it was like both of ours. I was ghetto. The pastor, uh, what happened was I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I need you to block the police from seeing me. I can't be getting in no more trouble, you know. And uh, I need you to pray, block the police from seeing me. As a matter of fact, I'll use this car for your glory. I had faith. And I wanted to be used of God and I would, t- and God would talk to me from time to time I remember telling people when God told me he was I, about three months filled with the Holy Ghost God said I'm going to use you to preach and people was like you can't even he's talking to you <laughs> it was like he ain't talking to you about other stuff but nevertheless I said Lord I will use this car for your glory and then I remembered that there were saints that were coming in for the general conference that year for that church, for that organization that needed to be picked up so what I decided to do is I went to the uh, to the uh, airport and I was like praise the Lord, I was like praise the Lord young man, I said I'm here, sir are you in town for the convention, they said yes sir, son. I said well I'm here, I'm just here wanting to be a blessing just picking preachers up from the airport true story here picking up preachers from the airport. I was like, you need a ride? And he's like, my God, I was just thinking to the Lord, telling the Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get to the hotel because they didn't have Uber and stuff back then. That was long before there was Uber. And he said, we're trying to figure out how we're going to get to the hotel and my God, the Lord sent you. So we I grabbed his stuff, you know, I wanted to be a servant, you know, I picked the stuff up and grabbed the stuff and took him onto the vehicle and he was like see y'all at the convention and all that stuff you know he was talking to some of the other saints and why he was like see y'all at the convention I'm like I hope we don't get caught we go <laughs> we go into jail <laughs> so I was praying like Lord don't let us get caught let us get the bishop from the airport to the church to the uh, hotel safe and sound we get there, we get on the highway and we're driving and he's like, man, my God it's just so good to see a young man on fire for the Lord. I'm like, yeah this car's on fire <laughs> I was just hood. I mean, it take time to take the, to deliver the hood out of the brother, you know I was a hoodlum you know, if there was a devil cast out of me, you would ask, what's your name? It would have been hood don't go nowhere Brother Middleton (laughs) Saints was like what's wrong with Brother Hurt he's a nice young man but he's crazy and then turned around and then picked up another brother he prophesied to me He said, God's going to use you one of these days, young man. And he began to talk to me. And then then turned around in that car. I was like, man, I didn't like that car. So I returned that car back. I needed an upgrade. So because I've been at the convention I had on a shirt and tie, I went to a car lot and said, hey, I wanna buy this car, can I take it on a test drive? So I took it on a test drive and went to the hardware store, took the keys, got the keys made, told him I need to go use the bathroom, went in, hardware store, got the keys made, came back and parked the car. I was like, I'm good, I don't want it. Came back later on that night and uh, took the car. But now I was riding in style because I had a red convertible. And uh, so I drove it and I drove it to church. And the saints was like, Brother Hurt, that's you? I was like, yeah, you know, the Lord blessed me. They was like, my God, I tell you. I tell you these stories. I know they're hilarious and they're all, they're all true. I know they're hilarious now, but I'm showing you where I come from. I'm the brother in the church that made the church look bad. Where people be like, pastor, get a phone call. You you got a young man in your church by the name of George Hurt. Yes. Is he a member of such and such apostolic church? You know, he just, he, you know, he come around here from time to time, you know. I don't know why he keeps saying we're members, you know. He, he, one of us, but not a, you know, just pray his strengthen the Lord. But people love me. And what I'm saying is it took time for God to work on me. But there were people that God always put in my pathway. They would always pour into me. They treated me like I mattered even when I felt like I didn't matter. I've seen people live in ICU that they said was going to die and should have died, should have pulled the plug, and they didn't. And the person lived. Listen, some people stay in ICU longer than others. But if you still got a pulse, if you still got breath, You keep working. Church, you might seem like you don't see the movement that you desire from some of these people that God want to bring in. But if you have a pulse, you keep moving. You keep ministering. You keep loving them until they begin to breathe. And if they die, you have the power to speak life back into them. Don't look at where they're at and judge their future based upon their past. What am I saying? What are you willing to lose? Stand to your feet. What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to lay aside Why? Because this is not something that God is just calling a few selective leaders in the church to do. This is what he is calling the body to. I don't know what it is. But if it's Maybe you're like, well, man, I'm getting ready to go triple time because I want to get this big house. Why don't you seek the kingdom of God and let God add it to you? Don't seek these things and and then try to fit the kingdom into your life. Who in this room tonight is going to obey God? I believe that God is calling all of us to forsake. God is calling all of us to give. God is calling all of us in this room tonight. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Who's going to be the next person that's going to open up the house? That church is going to be planted right there in your neighborhood. Come on, in the name of Jesus, who's going to the next city? Who's going to the next town? Come on, I'm not talking about just going there just so you can have a platform to preach. I'm talking about you understanding these numbers and that you've got tens of thousands of people that are dying in Maryland a year. And you want God to send you to them, to send you to them, to send you before they die send you to their families come on in the name of jesus come on if your family's got a sacrifice come on in the name of jesus you need to talk to god tonight until god begins to give you a vision come on you need to talk to god tonight until god begins to give you some direction for what he wants for your for your life come on I want you to begin to talk to God tonight until he begins to show you the things that he is wanting you to get rid of. Come on, if you want to be perfect, come on, if you just want to go through what's acceptable, praise the Lord. If you want just status quo, keep your hands in your pocket and just keep doing what you've been doing. But if you want to be perfect, praise the Lord. If you want to be perfect, come on, I want you to look for something to give. I want you to look for something to get rid of. Come on. I want you to look for direction. Come on. In the name of Jesus, whatever God's calling you to. Come on. Whatever God is calling you to. Come on. There are people right now. Don't you think that COVID is shutting this down? Come on. There's still people that need to be missionaries. There's still people that need to go overseas. There's still people, praise the Lord, that need to be saved in your community. Come on. I don't care if social distancing is shut down door knocking. Listen. And there's still people that will let you into their house. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Their souls are on the line. Praise the Lord. Their souls are on the line. Come on, you're trying to snatch them out. Come on, you're trying to snatch them out of the gates of hell. Oh, God. Hallelujah. that your will be done. I'm going to put my plans. Come on. You keep talking about your plans. You keep talking about what you want. You keep talking about what you're trying to build and what you like. Come on. But have you ever thought about what God wants to build that's around you? Come on. Are you going to just build the biggest house in the city? Praise the Lord, while people are dying around you? Come on. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! We got to make the sacrifice, like we talked about last night—denying ourselves. Come on, you—you want your family to know we—we're getting ready to deny ourselves. Come on. I told my wife yesterday, I said, if the Lord ever tells us that we've ever got to be missionaries, I said, we're, we're going to do it. If he tells me to go to the most craziest place, we're going to do it. But what are you saying, Brother Hurt? I'm, I'm saying, praise the Lord, that I, I, I want to deny myself. I don't want to have these, 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 these disclaimers that are up there that says, Lord, you can do this or I'll let you do that. But when it comes down to this, I'm not going to let you touch this. I'm not going to let you touch that. Come on. You're going to let God have complete control. Come on. Is there somebody in this room that will no longer seek to save his life but's willing to lose it? I would not be here if somebody did not invest in me. I would not have been here if there wasn't a man by the name of Don Moore, pastors in Ida Oklahoma, that at that time used to live in Indiana, lived down the street, lived on the camp Indiana district campgrounds, and would walk faithfully every single Sunday to the prison. Didn't drive. He walked. He walked in the rain, he walked in the snow. He walked in the sleep. Now, he's not a pastor that everybody knows. He doesn't pastor a big church. Most people don't know him when you say his name. People didn't know me. But he valued me enough to come and sit down in the visitor room every Sunday. And he would order me a Snicker bar and a can of Coke. And we'd sit back, and we'd talk scripture. We'd talk scripture, and we would talk scripture. And I would tell him what I felt like God was showing me in the scripture. He was the person that God used to make sure that I was on track. Well, you, you got to understand that, that, that uh, I, you just don't get to this. There was a woman by the name of Bernita Huggins that just, she wasn't ever nobody big and extravagant. She would wrestle with so many insecurities. And if there's people that are watching this day, they would tell you. She she was one of the most insecure people. She really wanted to do something really big for God. She felt like God had called her to preach and She really wanted to do something big, something major for God. She never got to do what she really wanted to do. But she did not realize. I mean, she was the first person that really showed me love outside of my parents. That just loved me unconditionally. As a matter of fact, it was her love that was used as an example to say, there's something that this woman's got. You remember Mother Her, this woman would come and visit me faithfully. She was the older church mother in the church. She would come visit me faithfully. She would send me cards. She would take my phone calls. She couldn't send me money every once in a while, but she would always send me a card. And with these cards, she would put all these scriptures on all these cards. She didn't realize that I kept those cards for years in prison. And whenever I was going through seasons where I couldn't, felt like I couldn't make it, I was going to lose my mind or I wanted to quit, I'd pull out a card and I'd read. And I could get a word from God. While I saw myself as the way society saw me, as a criminal that needed to be locked up. I wrestled with my own guilt, I wrestled with my own shame, I wrestled with my own condemnation. But there were people that looked at me, not for who I was, for what I had done. But they looked at me and they saw me through the blood. What am I saying, Brother Heard? I'm saying there are people here in this city that need you. You drive past them, you walk past them. They live in your neighborhood. They even may frequent your church. And all they need is somebody to just come up and say, Brother Heard, where are you going for? Where are you going after church? I don't know. Why don't you come with us? We're gonna go out to dinner. Get to dinner. I, I don't have no money. Don't don't worry about that. We're gonna take care of you. I want you to come out to dinner, Brother Heard? What are you What are you doing this weekend? You're going to come to prayer. Don't ever ask someone that's new. Are you to come to the church when you haven't invited them to dinner? Don't ask them to come to an extra service when you won't provide an extra service. Because some of us are called that person, but i Hey, Want to let you know that, 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 that we got this, this church. Uh, uh, we're going to be having prayer this weekend. You coming? The thing was, I learned Jesus through relationship. I learned how to treat people the way that I came in. I learned how to treat people the same way. Are you saying, Brother Hurt? Brother Hurt, how's that job situation coming on? The job I got came through people in the church. When I came home from prison, there was a man that would take me in his pickup truck. Let me use his lawn equipment while I butchered people's grass. I I hate cutting grass. I was trying to make money. he would sit out there and he would help me at times so I have money in my pocket you say brother what you doing I was like None. you want to make some money oh yeah you go somewhere make some money I want to teach you how to do this you fish a little bit uh, do, do you fish, fish? I'm gonna teach you. Every man need to know how to catch his own food. He taught me how to fish. But I heard you said you need a, you need a car, right? Yeah. Man, I got a guy on the job. that has got a car for sale, and the Lord dropped you in my spirit. First car. They wasn't stolen. <laughs> I wasn't bought with illegitimate gain. Came by a relationship in the church. I am blessed. Everything that I got came from my connection to God's people. don't know how I would have been able to make it without the people of God I can I can name you tons of people and listen you might not be people's everything but that doesn't exempt you from not doing anything give everything you've got And let God bless you in eternity. But I promise you, if you give yourself now, I promise you, you're going to see the outcome, the results. You might not get it now, but you'll see it in this lifetime. Come on, somebody in this room tonight, I'm going to let you go. Let us talk to the Lord. I'm going to turn the service back over into the hands of the pastor.